Hello, and welcome to The VergeCast, the flagship podcast of TheVerge.com. I'm Neil Patel. I am Dieter Bone. Megan Ferkmanesh is Megan here. Megan Ferkmanesh, that's me. That's you. Who are, who are you? Hi, I'm Christopher Thomas Plant. Who's this interloper? The fourth guest <laughs> and the best guest. Oh, God. This is going to be a disaster. <laughs> if you're listening to this, you know we've done one live show uh, at South by Southwest at uh, National Geographic's Further Base, base camp. camp. Base brand. Yeah. This is our second show. Megan and Chris are here to tell us about South by Southwest. We've got an audience. Audience, tell the people in the cars what you sound like. <laughs> That's good. They're really loud. Boisterous. Yeah. I like a it. A lot of car accidents just happened. <laughs> <laughs> Turn left. That's great. It's just a really angry navigation What system. if we did a podcast where we actually hired somebody who does voice navigation and just had them randomly shout commands? That's actually a great, like, you download a podcast and it just tells you where to go. And then, like, there's a prize. Well, there's a thing. There's, like, a city tour podcasting you can do. Anyway. Hey, everybody, Dieter yeah. knows about the nerdiest podcast in the world. <laughs> it's from the guy who used to run Groupon and you like around for whatever. Oh, yeah, the guy who run Groupon. Everything's a success. Anyway, <sighs> Megan and Chris, how are you guys doing? So Chris actually lives in Austin. <laughs> how you doing? Talk to us. Just kidding. No, I, just, I want... You, these are our culture reporters. You actually live here. I'm an editor. Oh, my God. <laughs> Chris is also fired. <laughs> no, but you live in Austin. I do. Uh, South by must be a weird experience for you. You've been like running around seeing movies and panels. Like, how are things yeah, going? Pretty good. Uh, this is actually my first time in Austin and at South by Southwest. I'm used to covering gaming conventions. I gotta say, this is way better. Chris, what about you? Yeah, uh, I have not done pretty much any of the South by Southwest because I live in <laughs> North Austin. I was like, what if I don't deal with traffic? <laughs> and I had an allergy attack. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, that this lasted for two days. Material. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, the Groupon bit was not yeah. A+. <laughs> but, Megan, let's start with you. You went and saw Atomic Wand. Uh-huh. The new Charlize Theron movie. Tell, tell us all about it. Okay, so Atomic Blonde is its by the same people that did John Wick, so it's kind of like John Wick with Charlize Theron, which is the best pitch I can get for it. Um, it's sort of like a spy, punch people, shoot people kind of movie. Yeah. Um, that's a good description. Yeah. Yeah, so it's set um, right before the fall of the Berlin Wall in 1989 um, in Germany. And Charlize Theron makes out with ladies and punches people, and it's it's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. What was yeah. what was the vibe like around? I mean, I feel, I feel like the action movie world, all that stuff has been comic book movies for so long, but uh -huh. now we're seeing other. This is things. actually based on a comic of book. It is. It's oh, technically God. a comic book movie. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> is everything? It's inspired by a comic. I book. will say, when I saw the trailer for this, I wasn't, I hadn't been tracking the movie, and so the trailer came as like, oh my God, this movie exists, and I watched it, and the the one fight scene on the stairs looked amazing. But like somewhere deep in my heart, I didn't trust that it would be good, that I was worried it would feel super derivative of John Wick or it would, you know, like the, when there's a really good action movie two years later, there's like, well, that movie was good. What if I try to do that? And it utterly fails. Uh -huh. Is this that? Okay. <laughs> wow. It's about to get really serious. It's about to get serious. No, the movie itself is really fun. Uh, the story makes no fucking sense. Like, okay. halfway through, I'm just like, who's doing what? Okay, whatever. Charlize Theron is punching another person. This is cool. Yeah. Um, I say if you see it, it's more for the action. It's more for, like, the vibe of the film, which mm -hmm. is very, like, 80s synth-pop. Uh, the soundtrack is fucking awesome. It's just, like, Bowie and Depeche Mode and all of your favorite 80s hits just, like, jammed into one movie. Which Depeche Mode song? This is important. It's probably more than the one. Good one. Okay. Yeah. The good one. Okay. That guy agrees with you. <laughs> <laughs> a good one. I mean, we were talking about how great it is that Charlize Theron finally gets to make this movie because she's been attached to this project longer than like five the years. John Wick people. Oh, wow. And like, if you go back and look at Charlize Theron's career, 
she like did all the like great performances early and where like other actresses were kind of shoehorned into rom-coms she was just quietly doing action roles but like they were all bad ones where they're like they're like you want to do an action movie well uh, there's another slot in reindeer games yeah uh, how about reindeer games and she's like i don't know i'll, I'll make it work and then she did i and flux and flux and flux and like killed her career for i don't know five years yeah and has like worked her way back up to finally being an action star, like a legit one, not having to share the role with uh, Mad Max Dudes. Fury Road. Yeah, yeah. right. It's like uh, it's good. That's like a great goal. I'm, re- I'm just really worried that '80s music has now become like the nostalgic classic rock of our time. '80s music is that a is problem? Classic rock. It's, uh... you, what you what you thought classic rock was when you were a teenager is now the '80s. Like that. Look at that. Add the years, and that's where you live. Hello, now. fellow kids. <laughs> Let's, let's talk about Snapchat for a while. <laughs> it's going to be great. So you, you also saw It, or not, parts of not It. Not the full movie. I saw a couple clips, two yeah. clips. Yeah, so the clip they played, the first one, was that famous scene where Georgie loses his boat, and you see him go to the sewer, and then it kind of briefly pops up. We don't see anything happen, but I would guess it's going to be pretty brutal, more so than the original. Because okay. have you seen the original like, yeah, the miniseries? Course, yeah. yeah, and it kind of just, like, you get that close-up on Tim Curry's teeth, and then that's it. And you're like, right. go to the dentist, and, like, it ends. <laughs> like, how much does it look like like an original scary movie, and how much is it like I don't know? There's like this aesthetic of like modern scary movies now with Annabelle and like The Conjuring. Ooh, that's just I like... also saw some clips from that. Let me tell you about that. Oh yeah, was it great? <laughs> no. You like scary dolls? <laughs> okay, to be fair, I think it's really hard to make dolls scary. They have... Dis- hard disagree. It's it's hard to make dolls anything but scary. They are, are inherently serious? terrifying. I don't I don't know you. Any guys. doll that's bigger than like a, a GI Joe or a Barbie is freaky as hell. Are you also afraid of the Hatchimal that lives on my desk? Yes. If I like bring it, I'm just yes. gonna start. Please leaking don't talk about the Hatchimal anymore. <laughs> no, I don't think dolls are that creepy. Just take I, okay. Take I grew any, up with dolls, and y'all any, are like babies. Oh my so god! That, I mean that's maybe it's that. that's true. That's maybe it's true. that. Take <laughs> any video of a doll, slow it down by half, and you have a guaranteed horror movie. Please make those videos and tweet them at Backlon. <laughs> Just go home and film your dolls and put creepy music over them and tweet them directly to theater. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Back, no, to, back to the creepy doll yeah, movie. Yeah. Uh, we saw two clips from it, and it's it's little little girls specifically, which I do think are really creepy with a creepy doll. But at one point during the clip, the like doll turns. No, no, no. There's like a little girl that pops up. I wasn't paying that much attention. I'll be. <laughs> You're, you, were, wow. you were over no, Annabelle before hold on. it began. I, a little bit. Well, okay, all I'm saying is at one point there's this creepy little girl that shows up and the other little girl who's like got like a messed up leg, a busted leg. She's like, oh, like, are you okay? Do you need anything? And the little girl's like, yeah, I need help. And she's like, what do you need? And the girl turns around and her face goes crazy and she's like, your soul. And I'm like, dude, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Like she could have done it. She could have just turned around and been creepy faced and been so much better. Yeah. Uh, but I want to I keep talking about it though. Because it to me is like one of those. You don't want to hear about Animal too? No. <laughs> I want to hear about it. Does it turn into a, like a By the way, the thing. fact that Annabelle is like a legit cinematic universe that exists is very wrong. Because uh, all those movies end in like farce. Like they all start really creepy and mystic and they are like the hunters go in and at the end it's like they're just shooting silly string at each other and being like, I'm dying! And it's like very confusing and I don't know what I can make of those movies. But it to me is a defining movie. Uh-huh. Like it set a whole tone... There's a whole comeback revival with Stranger Things around that vibe. Yeah. Is the new It the same? I think so. In fact, one of the little kids from Stranger Things is in It. Of course. Right. Of course, yeah. yeah. It's making good money, I'm sure. Um, yeah, so we had that, that replay of that classic scene. And I have to say, like knowing what's coming and knowing that this is 
rated R movie in 2017, you're like, this is going to be brutal. So it's like just so tense the entire time. And of course, they cut away before anything, you know, like seriously scary happens. Is Place Pennywise in the new It? Uh, Bill Skarsgård. That's right. Yeah. The younger, and he's like the younger Skarsgård. A million feet tall. Yeah. The is scariest like Skarsgård. He's yeah. like, yeah. So um, the director's there and he's scary. saying, he was like, oh, Bill in his costume is terrifying because he's like seven feet tall and is like muttering to himself in Swedish all the time. So he actually <laughs> talked about how uh, during filming, like they tried to keep Bill away from the kids for as long as possible. So, you know, obviously they have to have the encounter at some point. So they finally bring in Bill and his whole Pennywise get up and he's like, oh, the kids freak the fuck out. Because he's apparently just like creepy and like muttering and drooling at all right. times. Yeah, so the second clip is uh, them investigating this like sewer. They're looking for this girl, I guess, who's gone missing. They find her shoe. And it's just like a lot of tension and buildup. And like two dorky little mm. kids that don't want to go in. I don't know. It looks. I mean, uh, so I know that like sequel itis and like making cinematic universes is a thing, but I'm a little bummed that like there's already rumors about part two. It's yeah. supposedly like going into production. So now. someone actually asked about that, and the guy was like, "No, that's just uh, they're misunderstanding. That's not happening." But mm. I think that's probably yeah. happening. Everything will be yeah. a cinematic universe. I will tell you at breakfast today we discussed uh, the creation of the Red Dawn cinematic universe. If, any, if there's any agents out there, Dieter is Looking to ruin their careers. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is a universe now. It's a thing. Uh, I think because every, everyone really just wants to make a six-part Netflix documentary and not a movie. Right. Uh, and I, to do that to it, I think, is really... That seems dangerous. I don't know. I think that if you really want to get into... I mean, the original was a miniseries, right? Say, like, yeah. There's, a lot, a, there's a lot to dig into. Yeah. I think that having a two-part thing is not the worst idea. Yeah. I, it's funny, I never think about it as a miniseries. I think about it as one long bad thing that happened to me when I was a kid, and now I'm scared of clowns. Now it can be two bad things that are going to happen to you as an adult. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, Chris, you've been, I know you've been editing a lot of stuff. Brian saw a bunch of really neat movies, and then I want to talk about the, the social media bullying short film oh, that yes, you saw. Oh, yes, the indie films. But what, what have you seen from the rest of our team? Because the tech side of South By is very quiet this year. I've legitimately had more conversations with people about what up with Apple than yeah. like anything they're doing. To not so, be pitched on new things actually, at South By is so confusing. We can get done with tech at South By in like one sentence, which is the app economy is dead and so everybody just wants to talk about putting implants in your brain. Like yeah. they can't tell, nobody knows what's launching next year, so they only want to talk about what's launching ne in the next 25 years. Yeah. That's tech at South By, from, as far as I can tell. It's I mean, do you think tech feels like slow here because that time of, I'll go with my app and like my three buddies and like maybe we'll make a splash just kind of come and gone and now it's like, hey, I'll see you at the Giorgio Armani booth. Yeah. Like that's where the real party's at. Uh, I think that's part of it. I think it's also just like the ability for uh, somebody to make it big with an app is much rarer than it used to be. Yeah. I, like, you are better off actually trying to land the Netflix documentary series than you are trying to fight through the app store. Yeah. Right? And it's much harder to fight through the apps. Like, the technical skill required to like code an app is still like higher than like I wrote a pitch. Like they they've become equivalently hard, um, and I think so. Here you're just seeing a lot of hard work in terms of what kind of media can we distribute on all these platforms, as opposed to what kind of app can I distribute through one platform that Apple controls and takes thirty percent cut. Yeah, uh, and it's weird. Like you just see sort of as the money goes, the energy and effort goes with it. Um, I haven't seen a single app here. Like the apps, we're going to talk about them soon. The apps that most people have talked about here have been Fasten and Ride Austin. And not because they're like new big ideas. It's because everyone has to use them. Yeah. Um, but I wanna, let's check on culture for a minute. Like what, el what else have you seen here? Well, I mean, I think kind of the thing that would connect all the stuff that we've seen down here together is kind of based off the idea that you said of like, it feels like movies have done really well down here. And I think that's because... 
a point you had made earlier, it, it's like a marketing festival. Maybe this is Dieter and not a film festival. Like, they call it the South by Southwest Film Festival, yeah, which is right. a very fun charade. But, like, <laughs> you only can go to one screening per show. There's no PRs or publicity screenings. There aren't, like, three or four showings. There's one. Mm -hmm. And, like, you either get in or you don't. And then, like, some buyers are there, and it builds a lot of hype. And then they, like, release a, uh, the first trailer alongside it. So it's kind of a smart, safe way to promote a lot of movies that yeah. companies aren't sure how they're going to promote down the line. So what we saw was It, a horror movie that they know is vaguely like Stranger, Stranger Things, but clearly do not know how to promote yet. Yeah. Because it turns out that it's about a shape-shifting spider demon that's, like, the size <laughs> of the world. Sorry. That was, like, the most pathetic sorry I've ever given anybody. I really you am actually sorry. actually rolled your eyes as you said, oh, yeah, whatever. sorry. But there, there's that. There's Baby Driver, which is yeah. an Edgar Wright movie. And Edgar Wright is notorious for making things that, like, are good slash nobody sees. Right. But they yeah. do, like, buy the posters and put them in their dorm rooms. There are... I know a lot of nerds are going to be wow. really mad that I said Edgar Wright movies. There was don't just make a money. low hissing sound. I know. In this room. I'm, I'm sorry. There's a reason he a didn't of, make a lot it. Of, man. A lot of poster buyers are real pissed at you. <laughs> I like them anyway. There was also um, what was the other one? Uh, the Disaster Artist. Yeah. Which yep. the rumor is that like that's made by Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers is like, I don't know. We hope somebody likes it. If you want to buy it. Maybe it's for sale, which is like a weird thing to do at a film festival. Like a company straight up made a movie, brought it to a film festival, knows it's good, but kind of wants to unload it. Yeah. Is, the, is like the rumor. Like I, th I think that's what's so interesting about South By as a film festival is it's not. It's become this like public showcase for kind of good genre films that companies need to at least see how they perform in front of their fans so they can get a general idea of how to sell them yeah. three or four months from now. Right. Which I, I just can't think of anything quite like that. Yeah. I mean, I think that that aspect of it, because it's weird, it's like a smaller show this year, but we have always found out, that, like, if we put the letters SXSW in a headline on The Verge, like, no one, like, people will actively avoid it. They'll, like, run away from that story. <laughs> and, like, you know, we have, like, an, a headline tester tool. We can A-B test our headlines. And we put the South by Southwest headline, and then any other headline, like garbage words. People are like, yeah, that seems more interesting than the South by headline. <laughs> and so, like, I wonder if that's even effective. Like, like we built hot hype this? at South by Southwest versus we're gonna start marketing this. Yeah, film I mean, it's also like what I, I think South by Southwest means so many different things to so many different people this time, which makes it, I think, like kind of a dynamic place to be, but a hard place to express. When it's like, well, there's digital. There, yeah. Is there still sports? No. There's, there's education. Yeah. There's video games. There's film. There's VR. There's Giorgio Armani, yeah. who's just living that high life that Giorgio <laughs> does. Like, there, there's so many things. I think it, it's kind of hard to condense it. Yeah. And yet we try. We every definitely year. try. Uh, so, Megan, you saw a movie that I really like. Want to talk about? Because there's this. I'm fascinated with the idea of like how we experience like social media, uh -huh. and it's it's like really lonely. It's like a lot of people are talking to me, and there's no way for me to communicate those emotions out. But you saw a movie that tried to do it. Well, a short film. I saw, I saw two films that I want to talk about, um, yeah. because I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm... Well, you guys know it, audience. Uh, I read about <laughs> internet culture. Audience. Internet culture, which is, I think, one of the most underrepresented things in TV and movies today. Like, we have Black Mirror, but Black Mirror is so... It's satirical, right? And it takes everything to, like, nine all the time. But we don't have anything that accurately depicts how we all use online media, which is crazy 
considering how big it is in everyone's lives. Right. Um, so this week I saw um, a 15 minute short called I Know You From Somewhere that was honestly fantastic. It's very, it's very funny, it's very dark, and it's about this girl who um, is internet shamed. Like this video goes viral of her getting into a fight with her, her boyfriend and her friend. And um, what she's saying is misheard as being racist, and it's not actually what she says. People think she like dropped like an end bomb, and it's like, nope, that's not what she said at all. And so her life spirals, right? Like people are tearing her apart online. They're, you know, it's making her life wary of being out in public. Anytime anybody kind of like gives her like a weird side look, she thinks that it's like someone who's recognized her. And it's like at one point she's interviewing for a job, and she has to like explain like, oh, I used a fake name because if you Google my name, like all these things come up, like I'm not racist and it, that didn't <laughs> happen. Like, let me tell you this story. And it's really good. And it's a fascinating examination of how easy it is to like lose your life to something that didn't actually happen or, or to be picked apart by people who have never even met you. Yeah. Chris, you were really skeptical of this movie, right? I am. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I, I think that sounds good. <laughs> I didn't see this movie. <laughs> I, I, my, my, my opinion doesn't Basically, matter. what my strategy is right now is like Megan provides like good, condensed information. Megan, who actually then, saw the movie and, and then has Chris a strong does opinion. something insane. All I'm saying and, is. And tries to wreck Georgia Armani again. I, I'm surprised that Megan. <laughs> I just love his brain. <laughs> and he's done such a good job with that parking lot. Would you believe it? That's it's an like, activation. Like a, there's like a dome, right? I, I don't know. I looked at it for two seconds and I was like, oh, I'm going to save that. That's going to be a good bit. <laughs> it's really paid off. No, I, I, I was surprised because I was, I, we were talking about this while uh -huh. I was editing it. And I was shocked because both of us, have uh, harassed. Yeah, no, I think all four of us. Yeah, let's, There's a yeah. reason that I like. I'm so interested in this. Like, these are experiences that happen to people all the time now. That's but the they're really isolating experiences. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's interesting because the guy who made the film like doesn't actually use social media. And I was like, how in the world? Because I'm like, this is very authentic to, you know, the reporting I've done. Because I've been doing this for years. Like before, I was in games where this happened really commonly and is yeah. still happening. Yeah. He's just like, it happens so often. Like. Like all you have to do is read a news story. It's really easy to like kind of understand what's going on. I think so. There was like five years where movies and TV shows didn't know what to do with phones. Like the idea that people had phones was very confusing narratively. Yeah. yeah. And now they're just like fuck it, shoot the iPhone. They don't make up the fake interfaces anymore, right? They just they like just put the text bubbles on the screen. They just show yeah. you the yeah. iPhone, right? Yeah. They like, but like there was a long process of figuring out how to display the technology, or much more hilariously, like make figure out the narrative leap that meant the person lost their phone. Yeah. Right. right? And like that, that's still a solve that gets you. But there's like, oh, oh sir, no service, darn. Yeah. Oh, right. no, the next murder is coming. Oh, no, I have an iPhone and the battery died because I updated the software. Yeah. Now the plot My phone was at 30% it died for someone, some reason. That's actually Weird. a great plot point. Like someone accidentally updates iOS and there's battery suddenly dies. <laughs> <laughs> Their alarms all get fucked up. If anyone's here an agent, I have a number of yeah. ideas for a horror movie. That is literally um, the only like actual progress bar that is... Real scary. and not just there for the plot. We should make a movie that's just a progress bar of iOS updating. Yeah, Real you horror. have 15 <laughs> minutes to survive. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, but like it's just interesting that the like the the art community had to figure out how to communicate those experiences because it's young people. Like right. young people are the ones on social media, and we're the ones that are experienced. Like you and I are old now, but we do this for our job. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen Chris's impression of a grumpy old man, but he's been doing it for it's about 20 minutes now. <laughs> Called my life. <laughs> Um, no, I was surprised that you that you dug this movie, and the only reason was because so it's about a woman who she, she's misunderstood as being racist, and then it becomes a victim, or is attacked by online harassers. And I can't think of a time where that's happened. I think like usually two things happen. Well, I would say one is somebody does something that is like bad, 
or really bad, and then they get mobbed. Like when the woman... Uh, You're talking about Justine Seiko. Yeah, yeah. Justine The thing Seiko. is, so I have read a lot about her because I find that whole thing interesting. Like, it was a very poor, bad joke, but she still meant it as a joke. But taken out of context without knowing who she is and that she's fucking up a real bad joke, like, you're like, what a monster, which is essentially what happened to her. And think about how that wrecked her life. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I, I know. But I, 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 I would have been more impressed if the movie, like, had actually had it be a somewhat bad thing. And then, like, because that's, that's what's so, like, terrifying about, that, about Justine's story is, like, she did a kind of bad thing, but the reaction was just, like, well, not at the measure. But even look at the gaming community and what's happened there. Like, the <laughs> oh, people, dear. like, the, the women especially. The Verge a dark turn. Bye, Sorry. The gaming. You guys are just going to fling yourself off the stage. It's fine. <laughs> uh, no, the women who have been harassed, like, very publicly and for a long time, like, haven't actually done anything to deserve it. People just don't like what they have to oh, say. Oh, yeah, but that's yeah. what I was going to say. Is the right. other side is they didn't do anything at all. Exactly. And that's so, just, like, raw targeting. I think it's more... And, you know, the character, I think, is more sympathetic because she didn't do anything, and so you need to kind of empathize. You have 15 minutes to like a character and to feel bad for what's happening to her. Yeah. And so she needs to kind of be innocent. It just shows, like, how this all goes down, like, how quickly it spirals and how quickly you lose control of your life over this weird yeah, over thing. Yeah, exactly. Never tweet, as always, is the lesson here. Yeah. You said you had two movies. What was the other one? The other one is a movie called Like Me, and it is more about YouTube culture. Um, mm-hmm. So this one, I, it's a little bit longer. Um, I think that it doesn't quite nail what it was trying to do as well because um, it's just so weird. I mean, it's visually beautiful. It's just gorgeous colors, like weird shit happening. But it's essentially about this, this teenage girl who's a YouTuber who is going around recording stuff um, that's just really outlandish to get people to like pay attention to her, kind of. Yeah. So in um, the beginning of the film, she holds up a store clerk and pretends to, like, I'm going to shoot you and watches him, like, have a breakdown and then posts it online. And, of course, like, the YouTube community goes crazy. There are people being like, you're a terrible person. There are people that are, think it's hilarious, people who are, like, remixing it. That kind of stuff actually happens. Like, I think when it starts off, it's really good at representing how all these reactions you're seeing, I'm like, I believe all this because there are all these kinds of people online. Like, nothing is so outlandish that you can't find it online anymore. And I think the film itself kind of gets a little bit off the path. Um, yeah. Everything mm-hmm. just sort of... She, like, kidnaps somebody at one point and has this guy essentially on a road trip. She, like, later shoots <laughs> him on camera for, like, clicks. <laughs> the culmination of the film <laughs> yeah. is her, like... The culmination com- of YouTube culture is just snuff films. It's, it's actually... So there's this other YouTuber who is antagonizing her, being like, oh, you're such an attention whore. Like, yeah. this is stupid. Nobody actually cares about you. And so at the end, she goes to see him. And it's like, she chases this guy down and, like, I'm not going to say what she does to him, but it's just like, oh, this... Wow, that escalated very quickly, I guess. This yeah. is saying after she, yeah. like, shot a guy. After she escalated. shot a guy, it escalates yeah. from there. Yeah. Great. But um, the film itself is interesting because, like, what movies, what TV shows have actually tackled YouTube culture, which is such a mess. Like, I, as a reporter even, like, I have trouble wading into that territory because there's so much going on So do you think that it's, time. that because, like, take YouTube culture in particular, because it evolves so quickly, by the time you can get something through production, you're commenting on a, you're basically commenting on a historical artifact, not on what it's like now. It changes and evolves so fast that by the time you can get a movie made... Right, the best which, documentarians of YouTube culture are YouTubers. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's a fair point. I think that something like TV, which happens a little bit faster, is probably the best way. And like I said, like, we have Black Mirror. It just really... It's fine. It's a fine show. <laughs> I also agree that Black Knight is overrated. It that's has like an a couple really strong that episodes, and then a couple yeah, that are yeah. just like I just always imagine like the end, like Charlie Brooker. It's just like a slow zoom on his face, and he's like, "Technology, am I right?" And that's how it, <laughs> <laughs> that's how it ends in my head. <laughs> I, the, the YouTuber culture thing. It, I, 
like YouTube, like real life YouTuber culture, I've talked to a bunch of people here about it, uh-huh. is like hitting a wall. Like they have kind of decided that YouTube doesn't care about them anymore, that YouTube's priorities are YouTube Red, their new TV service. I, I would actually expect like Facebook of all companies, because I don't think of Facebook as having like these strong personal authors on it, right? Like Facebook, Facebook is just, to like, me a is like a quagmire of like, hey, which of your friends turned out to be racist? Let's find out. But like what Facebook has done with Instagram and Snapchat, where they've, they've pulled the influencers away from Snapchat, They've paid them a ton of money to be more on Instagram. I think they're going to do that with YouTubers on the Facebook video. And the YouTubers, I think, are more than ready to go because the economy has generated, like, the natural story about YouTubers, which is maybe you'll just shoot someone for views. And you'll be seeing that soon on my YouTube channel. Well, Um, it's like, think about how many, like, you can find videos of, like, beheadings and stuff online. Like, you can literally find any kind of, like, horrible thing you want online, which I think is kind of the line that this was trying to walk. Yeah. The well, internet's a messed up dark place. So, our friend Paul Miller is not here. I'm going to just hard segue out of yeah. beheading videos. Um, but he's actually made us a video. I haven't seen it. There's no he's... beheadings. We don't know. Is he going to shoot something? He just wants the clicks. Uh, but Paul does a segment every week. It's the same. It has, has the, the same, same name. name. It's about the same Never thing. Never changes. Or watch it. Take it away, Paul. Hi. Ah. Hi, Eli and Dieter. It's your friend Paul. It's really cold out here. Uh, I'm in New York, as you can tell. Uh, We're having a blizzard right now. I'd say there's about 4 to 12 feet of snow so far, but we're supposed to get way more throughout the night. Uh, So just keep, uh, keep, uh, we'll keep you posted. You probably can just look it up on Instagram and you'll see just plenty of snow. It's going to be great. So this week, uh, for the thing that I do every week, called, um, uh, (laughs) what was it called? Um, It's called Stronger Together. Wow. And uh, it's this phone that goes on your phone, and it's called Ease. And so it's, it's an Android phone that is a case for your iPhone, and it has literally everything. You, it sounds like a dumb idea, I know. But it's got everything you could want. It's got a headphone jack. It's got extra battery, so it charges your phone. It's got wireless charging. And then one of the coolest things they do is you can use, because it's a, literally an Android phone on the back of your iPhone. So one of the coolest things that they do is that it's um, like a selfie cam. So you can use your rear iPhone camera and it see what you're snapping uh, with the screen that is this Android phone that's on the back of your iPhone. Uh, so you get best of both worlds, pretty cool. It's kind of ridiculous, it's like $100 on Kickstarter. Uh, there's also like a 4G version for like 150. I, I, who knows if they could actually ship this or make this, but uh, hey, good on them, you know? They're trying something new, something weird. Stronger together, that's my new thing. Yeah. And, uh, Sure miss you guys. Aww. It's really cold. <laughs> I think I've already mentioned this, but there's a literal blizzard in New York right now. So I hope you're having a great time. And uh, yeah, I guess I'll see you soon. <sighs> Have fun. Your friend, Paul. Why didn't he roll down his jeans? Oh my God. It looks so cold. His ankles are going to freeze off. <laughs> Paul trolling us from afar. By the way, the thing uh, he's talking about does look legitimately completely insane. Yeah. And I'm 100% buying one. It's, if a, phone, they ever it's, a, it. it's a phone for your phone. Yeah. yeah. You looked at a phone that was in oh, headphones. Yeah. 
Putting so, Android phones and things is like the end state of gadget culture. Like, yeah. we don't have another idea. We've just put an actual Android phone in this device. Yeah. It's a pair of headphones. It's called the Vinci. Yeah. And it just has a touch screen on the right ear. Wait, it's called Da Vinci? Just Vinci. He made like a million things, and the one thing he didn't make was headphones. <laughs> Why would you name it that? Like, you could cut, like, literally any other object, you'd be like Da Vinci, and you'd be like, yeah, probably good a name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, it's like a little iPod, but it's run by Android. It's just. And you have to the take headphones. the headphones off and choose a song, and then put No, you can talk to the so assistant. You can, Why like, would you, ever you hold use your that? finger down on the screen, and then the assistant says, what do you want? And then you tell it what you want, and then it fails to give you the thing, and then you take the headphones off. Also, <laughs> how stupid will you look with, like, big headphones and be like, um, call mom. <laughs> I mean, um, everybody looks like that. I, so I've seen more Snapchat spectacles here than I have AirPods. Is that true of everybody out there? What have you seen more of, spectacles or AirPods? I, I see no One guy just yelled AirPods. <laughs> okay, spectacles people make noise. Okay, AirPods people make noise. I was just... So one dude wait, wait, wait. There's <laughs> a group of people over here who wooed at spectacles, and clearly I, I think we're like, eh, we just want to play along. It seems like a nice thing to do. <laughs> I just heard one guy, the, the, when I said AirPods, just one person whistled, which was deeply disturbing. <laughs> so let's talk about some actual tech stuff at South by. Yeah. I do want to talk about Fasten and Ride Austin. So, Chris, you live here, as we've said numerous times. <laughs> yes. Because we won't let you live in the state of New York. As you dox me. Yeah. Chris's address. <laughs> what? Why are Uber and Lyft not here? Can you just give us the, the, the four-second version uh, of that? Okay. The four-second thing is, so we were like, hey, Uber, Lyft, you have to get uh, thumbprints for your drivers. And the Uber and Lyft were like, but what if we don't? And then they're like, okay, we're going to put it to a ballot for the city, and everybody can vote, and the ballot will be the most confusing ballot ever. If you said yes, you think you said no. If you said no, you think you said yes. And Uber and Lyft combined spent crazy, crazy, crazy money. Like, you were getting phone calls and paper nonstop, which it turns out, a city that is like, hey, keep Austin weird, not a big fan <laughs> of a big company telling them what to do. So I think there was a lot of like, hey, I love Uber and Lyft, but I hate it when you talk to me like this. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. And then, then they, they, they were like, yeah, you have to get thumbprints. And Uber and Lyft were like, well, if we have to do it here, we have to do it everywhere. So peace. And then they went and were like, we're just going to talk to the state government and get them to take care of it for us. Yeah. In the meantime, all these like smaller companies have kind of flooded the market here. So you have uh, Right Austin, which is a nonprofit. Yep. Um, which when I think you is sign like up, you like have to you sign up and they're like, here are twenty Austin charities, pick one. Yeah, and, and yeah. it's like I think it's a really interesting idea in terms of like what's the future of taxis, especially like ones that work with the city. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of yeah, like every city in theory should have something like this. And then there's Fasten, which is like our very like traditional Uber and Lyft replacement. Yeah. And I, it works almost identical. It was briefly down one night. And people freaked out. People on, on the east and west coast lost their mind. It was the end of all technology. Uber and Lyft were going yeah. to Shut Austin take down. over the world. Shut Austin down. Nobody loves Austin now. Yeah. <laughs> we had to walk two whole blocks. It was kind of raining. It was yeah. raining. Planet. It was kind Think of raining. Think about those poor people. <laughs> it was 50 <laughs> degrees. No, but, so, but using Fasten is really uh -oh. fascinating. Oh, God. Wow. That's the Vergecast, everybody. Uh, <laughs> because... You're right. Like the the tech is like ten percent worse than Uber and Lyft. Yeah. But that's fine. Whatever moat people think that Uber has, it's not that they have an amazing app. Like this app is almost as good, and it's fine. The moat is like getting into all the cities and drivers. 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 Yeah. A bunch of drivers. And like every single time I get in an Uber or a Lyft or 
whatever, like sit down, talk to the driver, got nothing to talk about. And they just talk about like the 15 apps that they're using for ride sharing. And they try and get you to use what, yeah. something other like than Like in New York, using. there's always a new one. Yeah. And it's always like that app will fail, but it's cheaper right now because right. that's how they're trying to do marketing. Like the only moat that they have is like you get to a new city and then you know Uber's there, so you're fine. But if there's like a million just sort of like local apps, like that's not great, but it's actually, I don't know, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been like, I'm in, in general disappointed with um, uh, coverage of the Midwest. Yeah. From the coast and the rest of it, but the, I, I think like the takeaways that I've seen have been so disappointing because things that are more interesting to me than hey the app went down for two hours during South by Southwest the busiest test of uh, of this app yeah and ever. Uber and Lyft have gone right. down here too yeah. yeah yeah I think the bigger and more interesting thing is what does it mean for local versions of these apps to exist because that is like the clear takeaway right Uber and Lyft the, the software is not like what you're going for you're going for these things. And if every city had an app that was just for people in the city, yeah. you could feel good using it. Because mm -hmm. I think right now, people don't feel super great. And the drivers, the, the drivers I've had here, when I'm like, how do you like Fasten? Their universal answer is, I like it way better than Uber. Yeah, because they get paid better. Yeah. It's like, like a very simple model for them to come in and that, take it away. That's what I find interesting. I find that interesting. And, and again, with the software thing, the fact that like my takeaway would be, Ford could one day wake up and be like, straight up, doesn't cost a lot for us to make cars. We're going to give them out across the country. Yeah. And we have our own app. And, and suddenly we're a huge threat because now drivers have free or insanely discounted cars. And they're suddenly a dominant player literally overnight. Mm -hmm. So like, I, I think those are the interesting takeaways versus yeah. I was at South by Southwest and my app didn't work. Yeah. Which gag sorry yeah. I, I get very grumpy like apps not working in south by southwest is like has been the story of this place yeah. for so long <laughs> south by southwest yeah it's like twitter launched here our main interface is a whale that's drowning <laughs> <laughs> like we're gonna we'll figure it out eventually but i every driver i've talked to here has given me a long long lecture about how much they hate uber but I think what's really interesting, I was actually talking to Nick Denton last night about this. Yeah. He says Uber's being over-vilified because it's an easy narrative. And what they've actually accomplished is all these drivers now feel like they should have a voice as opposed to working for some taxi cartel that like, is usually patriarchal or like, hierarchical in some way that they'll never be able to break through. And so now like, the drivers in Austin have started their own taxi company, like straight up. Like, that's interesting to me because the technology has enabled them to do it. Yeah. But I will say fast went down. I walked two blocks in the rain. My hair got messed up. Oh, baby. Yeah. I Where had to walk it? on Forest Street. There you. were donuts everywhere. I really, <laughs> why did I let you on this show? Color <laughs> <laughs> commentary. Yeah. Uh, and then the other, there's actually a little bit of tech news that has happened in the two days since we've done this show. Yeah. Pandora Premium came out. Yeah. Um, and... Dieter, you uh, covered the launch of a $1,600 Android Wear smartwatch. So which failed product do you want to talk about first? <laughs> uh, well, we can get the watch out of the way really quickly. Yeah. Uh, it's fine that uh, there are $1,600 Android Wear smartwatches. That's fine. Because like, yeah. you buy the thing, it, the watch never really dies. You can go back to tag and say, this thing is bad now. And they're like, okay, here's a real watch. And they'll yeah. give you a mechanical watch. And it's like a trade-in. It's fine because Google also wants to... like have like the luxury brands if they want to make android that's fine and if like the regular fossils want to make android watches that's fine and if you know lg and huawei want to make watches that's fine so like no angst at all about any of these things existing 
The angst that I have is that Android Wear 2.0, the watches we've seen so far, we've seen three, two from LG and one from Huawei, and they are, they're bad. Yeah. They're just they're not huge. good. Well, there's one that's really small, and the battery lasts about seven hours. Yeah. And it doesn't have anything. And there's one that's really huge, and the battery lasts about nine hours. It's like, what are you doing? So this tag is the only current generation of Android Wear watches that actually, like, gets the basics right. And it's $1,600. Like, yeah. Google really, really, really fucked up the launch, uh, the relaunch of its smartwatch platform because it didn't launch with a watch that just anybody could go and be like, yeah, this is a fine compromise. I'm what happy you, with this. What are you wearing right now? I'm wearing an o, or no, a second generation Moto 360. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't have the new software. It's fine. Like, yeah. I, I would much rather have a watch that isn't a piece of garbage that dies at you know, 8.30 at night than have uh, you know Android Wear 2.0 software. I, I have a question. Uh, $1,600, right? Yeah. Are you paying for it to do anything? Or, or, or is it a status symbol thing like watches have been for like ever? It is a status symbol thing. Uh, I, got, I got told a very long story about how it was uh, custom crafted just like mechanical watches and all the, mm -hmm. the things are milled to you know nanometers and blah 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 blah. Sure. It's like okay, but also then there's like a big chunk of electronics inside it. Sure, there is some cool electronics to it. So uh, the 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 face is sapphire, and uh, it's got an ambient light sensor. But what they did, uh, it's really obvious. They they built the antennas in a ring around the face so that they could have NFC, even though it's a metal titanium body. So that's smart. And then they built a light pipe from the face of the sapphire down to the ambient light sensor, which is just sitting on the board smack in the middle of the watch. Really obvious, simple solution, but they just made sure the sapphire was, you know, cut in such a way that it could channel light inside the watch so that it could have an ambient light sensor without having a flat tire on the display. Whoa. Yeah, smart. It's right? what happens when you get a real watch company making stuff. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, and you can like custom, you can like pick your lugs and pick your colors. But, uh, that, but I think that question is really tough, right? It's like, what does a regular tag get you over like a Casio, right? It's like branding and specialness and like yeah. materials. Wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about like a, a watch? What is like, yeah, uh, what's the difference between like a $500 watch and like a $3,000 yeah. watch? Yeah. That, a, no, that's crazy. Like the, the, the thing of like the, the make and build of it being special for a smartwatch is so, I mean, I don't know a lot about watches, but it seems pretty stupid because the entire <laughs> joy of the watch is like the mechanisms. Like you're, they're not like bragging like, oh, this master craft went into like the area around the watch. They're talking about the actual internal bits right. of the watch. Yeah. yeah. So like that's, I mean, you're paying for the branding too, don't get me wrong, but you're also paying for like, uh, like master artisanship that has been passed so, down for like let me, centuries. Let, yeah. yeah. So let me. I was talking to a guy about this watch a couple nights ago, and is it worth spending this much money on a watch? And he's like, yeah, because you pass it down to your kids. And I was like, that's a lie. Everybody who says they pass it down to their kids, they're just making an excuse so that they can just be go be that guy that owns a really expensive watch. And he's like. Yeah, no, I get that, I get that. You know, my dad just died and passed on a watch oh, no. to my brother. Oh, <laughs> you got burnt down. That's rough. It was hard. That's rough. Yeah. And you're like, I'm going to pass down my Android Wear? Wow, brave. Yeah. Getting past an Android Wear smartwatch down. That would be... That's really depressing. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, you're, you were always great. It's going to be so retro sheet. Uh, okay, let's talk about Pandora for a couple minutes, and then we'll do some questions. So, it's basically, they took RDO, they updated the interface a little bit. They, for some reason, didn't get it on desktop. They didn't get it on... That's not where the people whatever. are. Yeah, right. So it's it's Pandora with a Spotify model, but instead of getting algorithmic playlists automatically, and instead of human-curated playlists like Apple Music, 
they use the Pandora algorithm, and if you like a song in a station, they'll make like songs you liked from this station. And then when you open up that new playlist that you made yourself, it's got like three songs in it. You're like, well, this is stupid. And then it will, you hit give me more, and then it will finish out the custom playlist based on like the two or three seed songs that you gave it. Spotify? So you're just, it, you're just shaking your head. It sounds it's complicated. Spotify, right? But, yeah, but so the, the core concept of Pandora is like you pick a song that you like and then it plays you a station based on that song, right? It's yeah. radio. And so their playlist shtick is they give you that vibe of we're really good at taking a seed song and then knowing the beats per minute and the instruments mm-hmm. and not just like other songs that people buy, but the actual structure of the song and giving you other songs we are sure you'll like based on like what we know but, about that song. So that's Spotify's move too. Yeah. In like a very well, serious way. Right. I'm not I'm not saying that it's right. I'm just saying <laughs> that's what it their is. Pitch. Here it yeah. is. Uh, funny story though, um, Jim Dalrymple who runs Apple Blog Loop. Yeah. Fully switching to Pandora. Really? Yep. He's what like, is that? This 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 looks way better than Apple Music. Screw this. It's funny because I've started using Apple <laughs> yeah, Music. Apple Music is way better now, yeah. Um, I so what I'm sorry. I'm leaving behind Apple Music because something looks better. Yeah, it's called Spotify. Get on Spotify. <laughs> like, it's just right there. Stop being such a nerd. Yeah. Spotify's not great. Mm. It's not great. Uh, it's pretty good. Spotify is its entire interface. Do people here work at Spotify? Is that what that like light booing? Also, is? you're wrong. So like they don't need to worry if about it. If you work at Spotify, I have a list of instructions for you. Find me after the show. I will yeah. deliver it. It's four <laughs> points long. It's called fix your fucking interface. Point two is called look at it again, fix it some more. Um, but don't look at Apple Music because yeah. we like it that we can actually find where our stuff is. No, no here's the thing. Spotify's entire interface is driven by their business model and their marketing plan, which is hey Ed Sheeran. It doesn't matter how bad this album is, we're gonna put it at the top of the charts by inserting that shit in every single playlist. That woman definitely works for Spotify. 100% she works for Spotify. She looks so mad at me right now. Or she works for Ed Sheeran. It's one or the other. I mean, love Spotify, you know that's what's okay. Up. No, and no, it doesn't right. matter, that love will be rewarded by endless amounts of Ed Sheeran songs. Oh that's my it. Gosh. That's all you get in exchange for that love. It's an abusive relationship. The and they just keep hurting you with Ed Sheeran and you keep taking it. It's not a good record. We get it. You're being pitchfork. <laughs> you're, you're very cool. I do like his looping pedal, though. I want to do a story. I've been trying to figure it out. Oh, bro. It's a cool pedal. It's got a big... Anyway. I have uh, nothing to say here. Just move on. All I'm saying is their interface is... Dri- their business is driven by promising labels and artists that they can drive album-equivalent streams and chart positions, right? So that your tour will do well because you're like, I've got the number one song in the country. Yeah. It's not driven by, hey, this is the music you like and we'll just show it to you. Like, it's, a, it's like it, you can see in their interface always their business model. Interesting. Yeah. I disagree. Well, so the reason I use Apple Music is because it's like... It's like there's a store, and you're like, I just want this stuff, and then it just shows you what you have. And it's not constantly trying to foist new things on you. What you don't like is Spotify is too good. <laughs> but no, so like, I like it when it doesn't teach me new things. I prefer when it's real bad. The big question with Pandora is, is there still an opportunity for them? Like, the, the, the no. Pan, What Pandora has is they claim I, like no, 80 million users. You think yes? I only use Spotify to make my own playlists. I actually don't find new music through Spotify ever. Right. Yeah. I just know everything is on there. Pandora is how I find new stuff. For the podcast listeners, we've created some sort of war zone of Spotify people over there. We're just like screaming at it right now. <laughs> I think uh, the way Pandora could survive is like I feel like every cafe still uses Pandora. Yeah. It's like as long as like 
between every like 15 minutes, it was like, this is Pandora. We're cool again. You're like, yeah, I'm at the cafe and I think I'm going to try Pandora again. Yeah. I've never been to Pan- a cafe where it wasn't Pandora, I think. I think the, the, they all have the same catalog, basically, right? Yeah. yeah. Except Apple and Tidal will pay for exclusives. Pandora's thing is we've cleaned up the garbage from our catalog. So when you search for like the Beatles, you don't get a Beatles tribute band. That's actually part of their pitch. Like we went through and eliminated, I think there's a, a Pantera cover artist that just covers Pantera songs with fart sounds. Sure. That sounds uh, like something I want in my life. Yeah, it's great. So that's why you have Spotify. And it's going to just endlessly discover that at you, whether you want it to or not. But so the, the Pandora, Pandora's pitch is like, we cleaned up the interface, we cleaned up uh, the library, but what they don't have is like the huge ecosystem of Spotify things, like Spotify speakers and Spotify car integrations. Like the fact that Apple and Google both have musical, music services, but in their automotive interfaces, they had to just buckle down and give Spotify the space. Yeah. Like they don't have to do that for Pandora. They don't have to allow Pandora to exist. Then Pandora doesn't have the money to get exclusives like Apple. So their wedge is basically like, did you like RDO? Maybe you'll like it again. Yeah. And I think that's going to be really tough. They are a little bit, it's 10 bucks a month. I think their wedge is also, like they think their wedge is, there are a ton of people that had like, installed Pandora on their phone before streaming music started and they just are old and that's what they use, right? It worked with their Sonos, it yeah. works in their, it's on their smart TV, it's in the car, and that they can leverage that group of people to like pick up users. That's, that's, that's their starting point. That, yeah. But the big question is like, people, those people are like, like, oh, do I want to pay for this thing? Sure. Well, maybe, what else is out there? Like, I don't think that their core base of users are that deeply devoted and like, you know, they're, they're like, you're not tech savvy, so you use Pandora. Well, we're, we're better now. It's like, well, maybe I'll just become tech savvy now. That seems like a good solution. Or Spotify will take over the world. Yeah. Right. All right. So that light is blinking at me. Uh, okay. Which means it's time for questions. Right. The fact that we've incited this audience into, like, <laughs> just total chaos, and now we're going to let them give them microphones. So if you have a question, raise your hand. We'll, we'll, we'll take questions on anything. Yeah. Especially the Packers and how they lost that playoff That's game. That's really bad. This showman right here. Hello. Hey, guys. I got an easy one and a hard one. Want to oh. go easy first? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I missed it, but did you stop videotaping and posting the Vergecast? Ooh. Huh. That's the easy one? <laughs> yeah. uh, we did stop doing video of the Vergecast, although yep. we are doing it now. Uh, so look at that camera. There they are. Hello, everybody. Hey. Um, we decided that the Vergecast was a podcast, uh, and that we should focus on that, and having video cameras was really distracting and made us play to the cameras. And so the people who listen to it, which is the overwhelmingly huge number of people who listen to it, were getting a worse experience because the second we put a camera in the room with us, we started making it a video. So we wanted to focus on the audience where it was, which was an audio show. So yeah. we under- also, um, I can uh, swear and say wrong things and then cut them out <laughs> in a way that we can't do with a video. Yeah, basically we were making pretty bad video and a not very good podcast. And if we picked one, then we could make that good. Yeah, and so we just picked as the one where the, the overwhelming is. audience was. So we get it, and like we like doing stuff like this. I think we'll probably do a lot more live shows over time, because it's fun to do, except for the Spotify people who are going to murder me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think our, our goal is to make the products focused and be what they are. Great. The, oh, thank God, you. What's the hard one going to be? Uh, you're going to have to be a proxy for the Verge Cars guys, Jordan and Vlad, because they're not here. Yeah. But, but I know you like cars. So last week on Control-Alt-Delete, you talked about the gang of four, Facebook, Google, Apple, Amazon, and their monopolization of consumer and enterprise tech services and infrastructure. Yeah. With the announcement of Intel buying Mobileye, 
Do you think that's enough to move them into the gang with self-driving technology companies like Google, Uber, and Tesla? So I, there's like two I know ways to think. About here, that, here's yeah. here's one way to answer that question, uh, and it is to be um, inherently biased and depressed by Intel and its uh, cavalcade of failures over the past five to ten years. And so. When you look at the kind of stuff that Intel does now outside of desktop and laptop processors and like server processors, it's a whole lot of, look at us, we're technology too. They, we've got Kiri and Gaga can swing her arm around and do stuff. We make drones, sure, why not? We do drones. We do, um, you know, real sense stuff so we can see 3D objects. Uh, just a whole lot of technology demos that don't actually if they make it into real products, it's so far down the line that it's clear that what Intel's really doing is like a bunch of technology, quote unquote, products, not designed to be sold to consumers, but designed to build and like rehabilitate Intel's brand. And a perfect example of this is Intel is making its own intelligent assistant that's gonna be put into this Tag Heuer watch that we were just making fun of. Uh, it won't be there at launch, it doesn't have a name. It does, as far as I can tell, because they haven't actually launched it yet, I think it's gonna do the same stuff but Intel's making it because Intel's a technology company. Look at us. And so when they buy into Mobileye, the core question is, are you doing this because you actually are going to make the stuff? Or are you doing it because you want everybody to believe that you make the stuff? Because that believe thing is what's happening, is what they're doing in, you know, in mobile, in drones, in like VR, they've got mixed reality stuff. Like yeah. all that stuff, it's like, I can't tell if you are doing it to show that you can do it or if you're doing it because you actually want to like be at the core of all that tech. So I can provide like the and bullish mo Mobileye seems more real than that other stuff just because they're already making the stuff, right? Yeah. The well, stuff. so the CEO of Intel, he was speaking here, and this is like both exactly the right frame and 100% the wrong frame. <laughs> he goes, you can think of a car as a server on wheels, right? And so we're going to build... It's too hot. Yeah, it crashes all the time. Uh, you have yeah, crashes all the time. Bleak. <laughs> that's terrible. The worst data center in the world. It's sixty miles an hour. No, but you know that's his like thought is you're gonna need high end processing in the car. You're gonna need to collect a lot of data. You're gonna need to manage that data. There's inputs and outputs. You need to connect to the cloud. Yeah. Basically, he they're desperate for cars to be giant rolling computers because they are very good at putting chips in, in computers. What they missed was mobile. So all these experiments that Dieter's talking about are like, hopefully this hits. Like, hopefully drones are the biggest thing in the world. And we had this huge investment in the drone stack top to bottom. And we bought a drone company. And we'll just be the winners there in the way that we didn't see mobile coming. We didn't make that set. Intel sold their ARM company. Yeah. Like, they made ARM chips. And they're like, yeah, that seems like a bad idea. And they sold it. And they're going back to making them again, though, I think. Right. Yeah. So I think this, they have really hard competition. But I think they get to be in the game. Like, they already partner with BMW. They're already partnering with these other right. companies. I don't think, like, Ford and GM are particularly good at making software and hardware, like computer software. And, like, a Mustang is a great piece of hardware. Is it's it? It's not a great computer. Is it? You're dead is to it? So anyway, I think they're in the game. I just don't know that there's going to be... That shakeout is really hard. Like, right now in self-driving, what is happening is so much more intense than what happened in mobile. Like, all of the companies are suing each other. People are leaving with laptops full of trade secrets. Like, if you read that Waymo key, uh, case, yeah. the guy downloaded 9.7 gigs of files to his hard drive, and then Google, like, they figured it out. 
he's like, a USB key was inserted into the computer overnight. Yeah. Then the USB key was removed, and the computer is reformatted with our custom version of Ubuntu to like wipe the tracks. Like, there's like legit espionage happening in this world. Intel buying Mobileye, like, it's just more of the heat. And I think until the cars start shipping, we're not going to know if it's a success. Yeah, I think the, it's hard to judge because, like, right now it's basically NVIDIA, Intel, Qualcomm, Qualcomm, all trying to like make the case to, you know, not us. Cons like, they want us as consumers to be like, that seems great, and then they want to sell the stuff to the car makers, and like, then we're used to judging metrics of success on like how many things actually ship to consumers. Well, that's going to be a while. Yeah. So what we have to look at now are like deals and tech demos. And as boring as their shit is when you see them on stage, NVIDIA knows how to give a good tech demo. Do they? Right? Yeah, they kind of do. I don't know. So I see, I see it as Intel's like, it, they're legit in the game, but it's way too early to judge. And uh, they don't get the benefit of the doubt from me anymore outside of laptops. Yeah, it, and it even in laptops, seem they like don't. Super strategic in any of their moves. Yeah. Okay. That was a very long that was answer. Long, sorry. The answer is maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we rate this product a seven out of ten. More questions? What do you got? Anyone? Show them over here. Yeah, you got a question. So if if you had a scrappy tech startup, uh oh, uh, boy. then how how what's the best way to try to get coverage? What is it? Does it make sense to hire a PR firm, or as long as you have like a compelling, authentic story and traction, like what kind of pitches do you hear that you think you would want to? I mean, does it make sense to hire a PR firm? We're like right. five seconds away from you pitching us. Yeah. Thing. yeah. What is just what is your scrappy tech startup? It's a fintech startup. It's an okay. alternative to a checking account. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So what I always say, which is not the right answer, is like make a great product because we get pitched by PR companies all the time, and what's behind it is usually not very good. Yeah. Right. So it's like really hard to break through the wall. But like the reason that you want coverage is to get users. It's like yeah. that's a real chicken egg so problem. I will say like I can I can give you a lot of advice for what not to do. The first thing you should do is figure out what your target audience is and figure out the publication that is actually is interested in the thing that you're making. Like for the Verge in particular, like fintech, like that's a hard thing for us to find an angle for. It's not something we generally. It's like not in like our website's moody like vibe conversation all the time. But yeah. there are plenty of sites that do talk about it and you should definitely talk to those sites. What you should not do is anything super gimmicky. If you hire a PR firm, do not allow them to send an email and then send a follow-up to the email and then say, hey, did you get my email? Do not think that... That doesn't work on you? Oh, God. That explains why you never answer my emails. Right? If you have a thing that fundamentally the site that you're hoping is going to write about you isn't interested in, don't think that you can put some sort of whipped cream and cherry and like joke stunt on top that will make us cover it. Uh, what it'll do is make us hate you more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the real answer there is like, we ha and we have covered some like consumer financial stuff, yeah. right? Like level, I think we covered Mint once upon a time. There's a bunch of yeah. those like, this will help you manage your money better. And like those resonate with people because they solve people's problems. I think the best pitches we get are, here's why my product is good. And like, here's the problem we identified and how we try to solve it. It's very rarely like, we hired Busta Rhymes to be our creative director. I would which, take a pitch oh, from Busta Rhymes. Yeah, I know, I know that you would. No. I didn't want to make fun of the companies that actually have hired rappers as creative directors. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Intel. Yeah. <laughs> Any other questions? Did we answer? Was that a good answer? Again, the answer is maybe. Yeah, no. especially at the beginning if you're small. I think you don't need, you don't need that much help. Yeah. Hi, guys. Hello. Um, as a producer and consumer of 360 video, two of my all-time favorites so far have been the NBA 360 video film 
and your interview with Michelle Obama. Oh, cool. However, since then, there's been a bit of a lax, not much happening, not just with The Verge, but any producers. What do you think's the missing ingredient? What's the secret sauce in truly interesting 360 video content? Yeah, I want. I know yeah. Chris has a lot of ideas old, here. Old, old man plant has some yeah. feelings. Only look in one direction. The <laughs> direction that I have chosen for you. I, I think there are a lot of problems. I think one of them is visual fidelity and ease of use. When I say visual fidelity, uh, there was the, if you were actually watching in VR, the screen door effect, and that disappeared, quote unquote, for people who like knew to look for it, but it still looks blurry. And most people's, I mean, that's with like Vive, that's with good stuff. And if you're not looking at that, it looks really, really rough, right? Then there's, I think, the UI issue of, like, with the Michelle Obama uh, piece. I was, I was really impressed by that, but so much had to be learned just about how to, one, film it, and then two, like, well, what's the visual language? Like, I, I, both of us work in video games, and video games have taken 30, 40 years to really figure out a visual language of like how to communicate, how to get people across the world. And I think 360 video has to figure that out, and there has to be a shared knowledge, and I think that will take a while. And then I guess the third thing is there has to be a way to make it easier and more dynamic for people who don't have headsets. So yeah, I was really that's excited. That's the main thing for me. Yeah, when I saw Facebook was working to like have it kind of in your stream, I think that was interesting. I think as it works faster and is more natural, and yeah. especially as everybody moves to mobile, I think it works well with touch interface. I think it works terribly with a mouse. So I, I think it's about to happen. I just think kind of with VR, which I know is kind of a separate thing, but VR also has this issue of they want it to be like now. <laughs> They're like, right. the technology is here. Why is it not a huge success right away? And I think it, it needs to be more of a, oh, this is going to be... Very much a process. But I mean, if you said you're working in it, I, I think it's a really exciting time. And I think the people who are working in it now, the ones who are really good, are going to figure out that visual language. And, like, and I think that's really exciting. I just think it, it would be, I imagine, a very stressful time because you're right. There, there just aren't a lot of peers and money yeah. burns fast. And that, it's hard to say wait when it's your budget. But, I mean, do you have any thoughts, Megan? I'm curious. Uh, with Ah. Uh. I mean, I have, like, ADD pretty bad, so I like being able to not pay attention to what I should be paying attention to and just kind of be like, what is going on over here? But that's not a good thing. Yeah. Well, no, but, like, that's the thing. Like, five years ago, uh, there, were, there were these huge debates in video about, like, lean back versus lean forward experiences and how, how are we going to figure this out? How is, how is tech going to get the lean back on TV and vice versa? 360 video and, and VR is, like, one step beyond the lean in. Like, it's, it, it can be isolating, but, like, you cannot interact with that content unless you're interacting with that content. Like yeah. you need to look around, you need to do it. And so the, the, the thing that you're watching has to justify that level of directed attention at the thing over time. And it has to be delivered in such a way that it's easy to do that. Uh, Cause right now the, you know, the distribution, the creation tools are getting better. The distribution tools are getting better, but they're still in both cases, pretty garbage. Yeah. Right, at, like at a platform level and at a device level, and so all those problems are getting solved. But in addition to learning the visual language, I think that we don't yet know what sort of content is native to that platform that justifies and calls for that very heavy, direct, immersive interaction. Uh, there's like, go under the ocean and look at sharks, 
There's draw really cool infographics around an interview. There's like there's a bunch of different examples, but there's not like the breakout like, oh yeah, this is the format that works for this and we can repeat this thing. There's a bunch of really cool experiments that work as one-offs, but I don't see or haven't seen, and maybe it's because I'm ignorant, haven't seen like, oh, this is the thing, we can do this over and over again, it's consistently interesting, and it is worth all the pain of not checking my Twitter while I'm watching TV. Yeah, I, my answer in all things is usually related to distribution. There's only a handful of gatekeepers that can really distribute VR. There's YouTube and Facebook, or 360, I should say, not VR. Yeah. Um, there's YouTube and Facebook that can do it. Everyone else is trying to get you to download an app, and I don't think there's a harder distribution method in the world than trying to get someone to download your app. So you're just fighting these forces that are just really difficult, and so you can't, you can't see what everyone's doing. Yeah. We're being waved at to wrap it up. But yes. if someone has one more quick question. No. Yeah. This, okay. This gentleman over here. <laughs> huh? Yeah, Maybe. At, at 64, I'm probably the oldest guy here. Um, so I'm closer to death than I am to wow. you guys' age. Wow, man. Um, Super dark. <laughs> one of the things I think for both VR and the 360 is you need to have something that people think they actually need. Yeah. And I haven't seen that happen yet. I know I've done a fair amount of VR stuff. And for me, it's still not good enough. Yeah. If you take from two years to now, I think in another two years, it will probably be good enough. But I, I mean, I see all the lines, I see all the jaggies, you know, and it's gotten a lot better. Yeah. But what do you think is going to be the big application that's going to be pushing these things? I, 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 I do not know. I think Video that, games. Yeah. No, wrong. Oh. No. <laughs> All right. uh, I, super quick Sports. answer. Yeah, super Chris quick and Eli start screaming at each other. I, I think, I think augmented reality in the blend. Microsoft likes to call it mixed reality, as if there's the spectrum of VR and AR. The answer I always like gab at Eli about is hard VR, like putting the headset on, is like having to sit in your home and have a really expensive movie set up and you can only do it this like one time in this one place and you have to really make effort for it and it costs a lot of money. And then like good AR is like having your, your smartphone, right? Like, and a lot of people want smartphones. Not everybody needs like a good home media setup. So I think when we'll, we'll start to see really good VR applications, weirdly, as AR becomes more common because it'll get it in more people's hands and as that's, that's when really the interesting things start happening. When more people can try things, more people are QAing it, and then we get the really exciting stuff. So I think AR is going to happen sooner, it seems like. Uh, it seems like we'll start seeing... You should go do the demo up here, actually. Yeah. There's a cool there's, AR there's demo a, up there. Yeah, and, and I think in the next two to three years, that'll start happening. And then whatever the VR experience is, we'll start to see then. But I, it just it has to get in people's hands before we have even a clue of what the interesting thing yeah. is. Okay, sadly, we have to wrap up. Yeah with a lecture from Chris Flatt. But wop, there wop. are other things <laughs> to listen to. Uh, there's another episode of The Vergecast that we did here. Uh, Megan, Addie, Ashley, Nat, Caitlin all did a great episode of The Vergecast. So go on iTunes, find that. Uh, Walt and I uh, host Control-Alt-Delete, which is a great show you can listen to. Lauren Good, who did the show with us a couple days ago, hosts Too Embarrassed to Ask on the Recode side. Very good. Peter Kafka uh, did a live episode of Recode Media with Glenn Beck on this stage. Mm -hmm. Kara Swisher did a live episode of Recode Decode with the cast of Veep on the stage. All the stuff is on iTunes. Go find it. Most of those shows, I will say, much better organized and pleasant to listen to than this mess. But thank you all for coming. What's your Twitter handle? At plant. With an E, it's French. Megan underscore Nicolette. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Very easy to spell. I am back, Lon. Uh, and I'm Reckless. So tweet at us. We love that stuff. Uh, and we'll see you around. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you, Thanks everybody. Thanks so much.